Welcome back to Class Holes with me, Preston, and joining me as always, it's Lucy Murray. All right. Unlucky for some, episode 13. Uh, I was trying to jump in there first. Were you going to do that? Were you going to say that? <laughs> yeah. Unlucky for some. Unlucky for the listeners, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, this is the kind of second part of a like double that we were doing, Lucy Murray. Yeah. The, the summer special, as it were. Yeah, the holiday special, I suppose we could call them. Uh, last week, we spoke about uh, sick form holidays. And now mm-hmm. I feel like we're going to kind of take the step beyond the sick form holidays, which usually evolves into a backpacking trip. Yes. And we're going to give so, a comprehensive guide, as always. Well, as I say, you're going to give a comprehensive guide. I'm going to be more learning about this because I never actually took part myself. So you are teaching something that you yourself have never actually learned. No, you're teaching it and I'm, be, I'm asking all the questions that the listener wants to know. Okay, let's get on with this then. <laughs> all right then. Okay, backpacking holidays. Uh, you've never done it. Is there a reason that you've never um, done it? It's just not appealed to you? You've never had the opportunity? Well, uh, yeah, it's the, I don't really like, well, <laughs> clearly, if you listen to the last podcast, um it i don't necessarily have good holidays when i go away for longer than a week (laughs) (laughs) yeah you usually contract some sort of kind of pandemic don't you which exactly Uh, so it's just not worth it really um and i've yeah i've never i've never felt the urge necessarily i like going traveling but yeah if i if i have to i'll go i'll go for two weeks but i wouldn't want to go for months and months on end I think this is something we need to define early on of what the difference between what you said then is traveling and backpacking. So like for me, I, I, I've I'm been... sorry. <laughs> it's like, you're wrong, by the way, but let me continue and tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> so I feel like there's often this kind of misnomer. I think that backpacking is the slightly more rustic version, isn't it? It literally is like sticking one of those huge backpacks on, on, on your back, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of hosteling and doing things a bit more on the cheap. There's a slightly more kind of, I wouldn't say squalid uh, reputation, but but you know what I mean by that, perhaps. Squalid, yeah. <laughs> Even though it's usually expensive, it's like a bit more cheap and cheerful when you're actually there. You don't necessarily dine in the kind of five star restaurant because you're going for such a prolonged period of time. It's like you physically cannot afford to, <laughs> to do what you would do if you just went on your holidays as it were. on your holidays yeah i suppose uh, I, I mean the the smallest backpacking quote unquote trip i've done i, I suppose is about three and a half weeks the longest mm. i've ever done is about uh 10 or 11 weeks i suppose but you do hear people having gone off for kind of six months 12 months i mean sometimes even longer than that so would um, you not class it as backpacking when you went like all around the world 
Yeah, I would say it was backpacking purely because I was doing it out of a backpack. I was staying in hostels. So, listener, the most recent trip that I I did was uh, from July of 2019 till mid-November 2019. And that probably is the longest... Yeah, that's the longest trip I've ever done. And I would say that that was mostly backpacking, yeah. Yeah. Was that your ten and a half weeks? It just feels like longer than that, July to November. I think it, I I can't really remember. I think it's because I was stopping and starting in places as well. So right. yeah, like I kind of I suppose in terms of what backpacking is, this is my point of like I, at one point I was staying in like a fancy hotel in Florida. When I went to Tokyo, I was staying in a fancy hotel. I don't know at what point I did bring my backpack, and they did look at me <laughs> as if I'd like broken in the back. <laughs> was like you know like a kind of squatter. Um, but I don't know if I could say that like when I punctuated it with, with a certain level of affluence and luxury. I don't know. I used to a backpacker at that point. I'm not sure. Well, I don't know. You're the one who's supposed to tell us. I don't know who's calling me out on it either. I'm so worried. Like the kind of backpacker <laughs> Gestapo going to turn around going about, mate. This is four star. That, this is ridiculous. I saw you with a Merlot last night. I don't <laughs> think backpackers. You know what, actually, reminded me. So a few years ago, um, a friend and, uh, um, and myself uh, he's the guy I'm still talking to from last week's episode yeah excellent uh, we decided to to backpack across China for about a month uh, and I mean you could spend probably years traveling through China it's so vast there's so much to mm. do it's so kind of you know you've got the the very um, cosmopolitan areas of Shanghai and Beijing but then you've got these tiny little villages where you know that it's so it's just rice fields and and um it feels a lot more archaic so we managed to try and get a month through and uh we we signed up to a backpacking company so like you you kind of pay them and they do the bookings and yeah. things for you etc like that it's probably a slightly less authentic way of doing it but what you lose on the just trauma of trying to find hostels <laughs> and stuff like that you gain in doing things that you yourself probably wouldn't have had access to you know because you're you're taken around by a local and stuff like this so anyway my friend and i massively over budgeted for what we would need in rural china so we were effectively like millionaires wandering around and i mean we should have probably picked up on the fact that the trip that we booked was called a shoestring uh a shoe a shoestring trip from hong kong to beijing now okay we didn't re- we d- we took the shoestring to be like kind of um like gucci <laughs> gucci yeah. uh, shoestring. shoestring exactly whereas i think everyone else was looking at it as you know like jesus christ of nazareth sandals like they were kind of really cheap so yeah. uh we started in hong kong and we ended up in a in a literally like a backpacking village it was like the chinese malia <laughs> i suppose <laughs> um a place called yang Shao. And my friend and I were like, oh, we should go out, have a nice, have a nice meal. So we, we yeah. kind of, we, we, we fractured off from the, the larger group. They were there like, oh, we want to go and find somewhere cheap. And my friend and I were like, well, we don't do cheap. We, uh, <laughs> we <laughs> sorry, we don't do cheap. So um, we wandered off. We ended up in this like Michelin star restaurant, right? And all, all of the veranda, it was a beautiful night. It was boiling hot, as I said, like middle of summer. Uh, and we we were seated on this kind of like out outward veranda kind of thing, and the thing that I very was very ignorant of in China is the more mainland you go, 
the less likely they are to speak English purely yeah. because there's like a billion of them living in China. Like, what, what's the point yeah. in them? Like, everyone speaks Mandarin or Cantonese or whatever. So anyway, so my friend and I sat in mainland China, can't speak a word of their language. They, this village, no one was speaking English around there or very, very few people. So entire menu is in Chinese characters. So I point, I pointed at something and the woman wrote it down. The waitress wrote it down. And then my friend pointed at something else and she looked and she just looked disgusted for a moment. And we were like, what have we ordered? And she, she like shook her head and my friend was like, okay. And just pointed at something else and she shook her head again. And she was looking at us like this. So my friend was like, just, just bring like, and he was just pointing at it. And he was like, we'll, we'll, when they deliver what it is, we'll worry them. Anyway, 15 minutes goes past. And what can only be described as two cauldrons of food was brought forward. And what we realized is that it was, they were all sharing platters and we'd ordered enough food for eight people. So they put these huge, great, like, rafts of food down in front of us. It was like this... Uh, to be fair, the food was incredible. It was some of the most amazing meals I've ever eaten. But one of them was this huge chicken broth. And the other one just looked like, <laughs> just looked like a farmyard of chickens had lost their lives for, for this other kind of platter. So anyway, we're sat there. We'd also ordered Lucy Murray because because we're backpackers and because we'd had an extra few quid in our pocket, we'd ordered uh, some import scotches as well, Highland scotches. Right. Were you able to work out what that was? The, <laughs> drinks, menu, the drinks menu, because I suppose it was branded, it was, it was the right. brand, it was like a, 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 um, okay. a Scottish brand. So anyway, so we'd ordered those. And my friend and I, before we'd gone to the restaurant, had ordered Victory cigars from a local tobacconist as well. Wow. Yeah. So I want you to picture on this hot August night in 2016, <laughs> my friend and I uh, on a veranda with enough food for a small army, mm-hmm. uh, two huge scotches sitting back and smoking cigars. And if by magic, the rest of the group then walked around the corner and <laughs> basically on rocking chairs, like golloping down this food, smoking cigars and drinking scotch. And uh, one of them like leaned over and they were like, oh, boys, like what you got kind of thing. I'd be like, oh, good evening, good evening. Like, Do like, you not offer to, to help? We, 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 we couldn't. We couldn't just let them. This was like a Michelin star restaurant. We couldn't just like boost them over the fence and just start pouring <laughs> bowls out. So um, not that I think we would have. We were, we were very much the kind of colonial lords that we were trying to ourselves <laughs> to be at this point, Lucy Murray. And uh, so anyway, so they like looked over and it turned out they were like a bit grumpy and obviously a bit irritated, probably because of the reason that you just said that we didn't instantly feed them. Yeah. We ended up meeting them back at the hostel like several hours later. We found out that after we'd like we'd eaten all of that, the reason they were so irritable is because they had found somewhere cheap to eat. But what they'd done was share one large bowl of white rice. (laughs) There was about 16 of them. So for me, that very much encapsulates the spectrum, Lucy Murray, of, of meals that you can do when you're backpacking. Are you a fussy wow. eater when you go away? You know, do you throw yourself into... I always try, like, the delicacies, as long sure. as the delicacies aren't awful. Okay. Would you... Like, would that's you ever, where I draw the line. Would you ever just try something without knowing what it was, though? Do you need to know 
like if, if if for example your exception to the rule is awful would you just try yeah. something even if you didn't know no I, can, I think I kind of need to know I think I do need to know what it is but this but like I would also I would know because you know I only ever try I would try the things that I am told are the delicacies and the place you're told is like perhaps in your guidebook or you know online equivalent yeah. so you read and you go oh I should have this here and then you check the ingredients and go yes I can eat that <laughs> what's know. the most exotic thing that you've eaten whilst away I don't know I'm not I don't know I don't think I've eaten that. I just I always eat whatever I'm supposed to well you know you go to Spain you have paella you <laughs> go to you know Germany to, towards the mountains area or, or in Berlin and you have a pork knuckle with some mustard <laughs> you know you go to uh, Vienna and you have a goulash and um, so I, I have what I'm supposed to have the kind of traditional meals yeah exactly I, I think the strangest thing or certainly the 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 talking point I think of, of, so I've been to places where I've eaten spiders and um, crickets and things like that. Uh, and um, I've tried snake before and lots of different bits and pieces that are a bit kind of creepy crawly, like the bush tucker trials, basically I've, I've kind of yeah. done stuff like that when I've been away. Um, I have tried a bit bits and pieces of offal. I'll be honest with you. Uh, it's things like I'm actually a very picky eater and I would never do it at home but I just feel it's like whilst you're away it's almost like an activity like uh, I'll go hang gliding I'll try some pig brain um sure I I think the 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 the, the strangest thing I think I've eaten was giant turtle which is actually on the endangered list um and it was because uh when I visited Australia for the first time we um there was an aboriginal ceremony going on with mm. um a, a family that we stayed with uh and their one of their elders in the local area had passed away and one of their traditional foods is that they go and hunt the giant turtle and they and they they have this like treaty or whatever this agreement with the australian government like for con- conservation reasons but they're only allowed to do it in these exceptional circumstances so it was kind of i it was offered to me and obviously if something's offered to you culturally you you kind of have to eat it but yeah. b it was also like i'll never get the opportunity to eat, to eat something endangered again and it was delicious i can see why it was endangered to be honest oh really it was absolutely delicious so yeah so sad it's so sad, but it, but you know what? I would have endangered them just to, to taste it again because it was that good. Have you stayed in a hostel before? Have you have you hosteled? Uh, I've gone on a school trip so with people I knew. So yeah. no, not really. Oh, well, mum and I went, I think we stayed in a hostel one time, but it was because um, my mum and I do like to go to European capital cities. Oh, cool. Um, and have been doing it since I was like eight. Um, and we once, I think, went to a hostel, but our room do do was it? a double. Do you do it every year? Uh, yeah. You try and do Last it every year? Last year we did two. So I don't think we'll get any in this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, last year we went to uh, Ljubljana and Riga. Oh, cool. Yeah. We kind of, we've done all the big ones now. I think we're like 30 down or something but that's that's an amazing thing and that for me is what feeds into backpacking and like i can tell you like the the inception of of why i wanted to 
do backpacking stuff and to go traveling so much um, came when I was 16 mm. and I read uh, I read On the Road by Jack Kerouac and I've read it with a friend and we were kind of discussing it and everything and we had this very like heightened very kind of teenage conversation of like do you know what in the next 10 years we want to go here here and here we and so the ones that we did we wanted to do uh, we wanted to do the United States and road trip around it because of like the Kerouac book and just because there's a, it's a very romantic idea, isn't it? This idea of yeah. like, being young, doing Route 66 and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we wanted to do somewhere in Asia. Um, we didn't have it kind of planned out at that point. And then we wanted to do, a sh- uh, sorry, yeah, and we wanted to do Australia. And so, uh, and it took us 10, we actually did do that. So from the age of 16 to 26, we did the road trip around America when we were 21. We did China when we were 20 six we did australia when we were 24 so yeah it worked out and it, for me that's it's a very romantic thing it's very much this idea of like being you you maybe your mate or maybe on your own i've done both just your backpack your wits in a completely different foreign climb like i for me every time i've been away something quite dramatic has happened i don't know if it happens to you as much but for me well, it's like no. as soon My as those speaks all the languages so oh does she really it, yeah I speak none of the languages. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had any issues. The thing is, my mum uh, can speak a whole lot of languages, but she's also deaf in both ears. So oh, wow. uh, quite a few times I've been able to roughly work out what's happening. And then like mum says all the things and then I can say to mum in English what they've just said. <laughs> That's an incredible thing. Is she completely deaf? No, well, no, she has two hearing aids. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, it's a thing that happened to her in pregnancy, and I've still got both my hearings so far, so that's good. Blimey, what a trade sound for you. <laughs> well, you know, thanks, I think it was good. Um, but yeah, I remember you were telling me after, straight after you went to America about some of the hostels you stayed in there. So one of the um, places that I stayed in the States, my first kind of, uh, the first trip that I did post Turkey. Um, and you know, like you've been bitten once, you're always slightly shy that second time around. <laughs> so my remaining friend, and that's all I can say in, in, in those relationships, my remaining friend and I decided the following year to go to New York together. But we were, so we were 19 first year of university we kind of saving a bit from our student loan and stuff like that and uh, and part-time jobs and things so we could go to new york but it was going to be very budget yeah mm. and and plus we were had already decided at this point that when we were 21 and we graduated we wanted to do our america trip so anything we were going to do was very going to be very small so we decided of course to go to one of the most expensive countries in the world yeah it was just as the recession was hitting as well so <laughs> everything was so well planned so um we we I, w- I won't say the hotel name but it was a very very cheap hotel that we we decided to go to right. and um it was I don't know. It was like, if you think like Midtown is the area you want to stay in, which is like what kind of 38 to 42nd street around the Times Square area. I think we were in 800,000th street. <laughs> like, I, I think we were closer to like Mississippi than we were to New York. It was yeah. so far. It was very far uptown. We accidentally got in a limo uh, to the hotel. 
So right. um, we, we wandered out and uh, we, we got to JFK, wandered out. Someone said, do you need a cab? We said yes to the first person we spoke to. He then walked us down the block to a limousine and we didn't really question it. Um, so yeah, limousined into the roughest part of Manhattan that we could have. Walked into the hotel room and like stank of smoke and bleach and things. Anyway, like, look, you know what? It's just a base. Get in, lay down. That's it. We'll be out in New York the whole time having, having fun, like having a great time. Yeah. Anyway, so we dropped our stuff in the room. The room was absolutely diabolical, as you can imagine. They didn't, it didn't have an ensuite. It was a shared bathroom. This wasn't a hostel, but obviously when you hostel, you've got to kind of anticipate shared bathrooms. Yeah. Our, our shared bathroom was a broken pipe. That's what the shower was. It was, a, it was a, like a gutter pipe sticking out of the wall that you pressed and it just like coughed water over you. What? <laughs> So that's where we stayed. Anyway, my friend opened the cupboard that was in the room, like the wardrobe, and he just went, Preston, he went, look at, look at this. And I just thought, what, what on earth is going to be in this wardrobe? He was like, look at this. So open the wardrobe really slowly, and there is a bloody handprint at the back. <gasps> and it, in, in horror film-esque fashion, it was like it had been dragged down. Like it was a handprint, but it was much more elongated than it should have been yeah anyway so we're like shut the door don't say <laughs> candy man three times and we'll just pretend that someone probably didn't die here like may- maybe we can pretend that someone did not die on uh, in the room that we are currently in um anyway for financial reasons a couple of years <laughs> later when we did our big america trip so we d- we started in new york and we literally like circumnavigated the whole states uh but because we left booking of New York to the last minute, the only place we could get into was this hotel. And by some extraordinary chance, we ended up back in the exact same room. Open no. the door, bloody handprint was still there. Absolutely true that. Wow. You have to be so I mean, careful when two you're years when you're later. things. This was two years, yeah, two and a bit years later we stayed there. So we originally were there in March, April of 2009. We came back in July of 2011 because it was just so good. (laughs) The atmosphere was so good. We had to get back. I mean, you've got to worry about the sheets in that case, don't you? You you have to worry about everything, Lucy Murray. You have to worry about every single thing that's in that room. And um, I, 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 the reason I love hostels, I, I, st- I wonder if I'm starting to get a bit old for hostels now because hostels like traditionally they're called youth hostels. So yeah. I'm not entirely sure. Like I, I've been in hostels before where people far older than I am have been there. Um, I've backpacked with people that, you know, are in their kind of mid to late forties. Um, I don't know if there is an etiquette. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being ageist here, Lucy. What do you think? Do you think, I feel like it's, it's, a, it's a young person's game, the whole backpacking thing. I think that in general, but that doesn't mean that, you know, if you're older, then you can't do it. No, I, I was, I remember once being in a hostel and woken up by someone who must have been in their kind of mid to late sixties, I would say. And he woke me up in the middle of the night and he just went, oi, oi. And it was one of the most, (laughs) the strangest things that ever happened to me. I opened my eyes slowly to see a man who looked almost identical to Uncle Albert from Only Fools and Horses. He had a big white beard. It wasn't as, um, it wasn't as manicured as, (laughs) as Albert's. I'll be honest with you. It was quite an unkempt beard looking directly at me. And he just went, I'm leaving now. 
And I went, okay. I'm thinking, I don't think I've ever actually set eyes on you. I have no idea who this person was. Yeah. And, it, and he went, do you want these? And he, he held up a half-eaten bag of bread, right? Like a half-eaten loaf with carrots on the top. It was wow. he, went, he went, do you, want, do you want me to leave these behind for you? And I was like, uh, I was like, oh, and I just said to him, I was like, oh, I'm okay. Inside, I was thinking, what's going on? Like, what kind of deal with the devil am I currently doing for bread and carrots? And yeah, and, and I find that all of these bizarre things happen when you're staying in hostels. It's full of characters. You're always... I gonna... would, and carrots as well, it seems. But and carrots. I, I would have at that point just said, thank you. Well, you'd have accepted the bread and carrots. Yeah. I wouldn't have eaten the bread and carrots, but I would have accepted them. I just said, oh, we're all right. And he went, he was totally fine with that, this little kind of wizard bloke. Totally fine with that. that answer. I sometimes wonder if I'm perceived to be strange in hostels, because the more you stay in, the more characters you meet uh, and things like that. And I I often try and think about my own behaviour, because, you know, I've stayed in, in hostels before, Lucy Murray, where it's been me and like 21 other men. Like, it's like a barracks in there. Wow. Um. And I can remember being in one particular hostel. I think it was in Chicago. And I had been reading a book that had been recommended to me. And it was one day. Do you remember that book? Um, I think I watched the film. Anne Hathaway doing a Yorkshire yes. accent. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a kind of strange parallel universe where she'd been cast in Emmerdale instead of Dark Knight <laughs> Rises, wasn't it? Uh, and it's quite a tragic story for anyone who hasn't read it or seen the movie. It, the, the whole concept of it is that it takes what literally like a particular date in two people's lives. And then you see them every time that date happens over the next like yeah. however many years. Now, I won't spoil it, but there is something particularly tragic that happens on one of these days. And I've become very close to these characters over the backtrack, <laughs> backpacking trip, Lucy Murray, right? And I couldn't sleep because I'm very particular <laughs> about sleep anyway. And 21 other men screaming and shouting and snoring mm. and all of this kind of stuff just was keeping me up. So I become, my, my solace was to keep visiting these, uh, almost like a Christmas Carol ghost. I kept visiting these characters yeah. in, on, on the same day over and over. Uh, and um, something tragic happened. And I... I am not ashamed to say that I burst into tears, Lucy Murray, whilst reading this particular part of the novel. And it was, it was a very visceral, uh, it, was ve- it was quite visceral, the emotion I was feeling. Um, it wasn't like quiet tears. No, I, I tried to stay quiet, down. but my, I, uh, my body was vibrating with trying to keep the sobs in. My body began to like vibrate from that. And my, my eyes were swollen and my pillow was sodden. It was like a real deep, cathartic unscrewing of the tap of emotion yeah anyway i kind of calmed myself down and i felt like better for having you know had a little cry and i was like right okay i'll, I'll you know i'm gonna you know pop the the book away now because i had like a little reading right anyway like i snuggled down under under the covers and i like got on my side because i always sleep on my side and i all I saw was a pair of eyes looking at me unblinking in the night where this person had watched me have a total emotional (laughs) breakdown at like two or three o'clock in the morning in this hostel and all I could see was fear that's all I could see it was like a pair of cat's eyes in the middle of the night and all I could see was absolute terror Lucy Murray at the idea that this poor man 
you know would have to share with me and 20 other men i wouldn't want to share it with that many people that i don't know what's the maximum that you'd share with i don't know i don't really like the idea of sleeping with anyone i don't know like in the same room as anyone i don't know yeah it it does i had to to qualify that (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> thanks for that. That's like warning there. Um, I, I think that hostling is something that you either love or you hate. I speak to a lot of different people about it, and and they're like, you know, members of my own family are like, I would never ever do it. it it's one of those things that I think is kind of an adventure until you're actually doing it, and yeah. you know, you're laying on the bottom bunk, and some bloke has just stamped on your face in the middle of the night because he's drunk and climbing up the ladder Wonderful. and stuff like that. But yeah, I've done it all. I've stayed in I've stayed in hotels, both luxurious and, and absolutely horrendous. I've stayed in Miami's apparently worst hotel. Um, wow. I've slept rough, which was a, a, a really enlightening thing to do. Um, lots of different things. You know, when you're traveling, you, you end up having this, and particularly backpacking, I think, you feel that there is this bubble around you and that nothing bad will ever happen to you. And obviously it does. I think mm. the worst thing that's ever happened to me was um, being on the run from the police. Right. Um, I stayed in a very, um, an awful hotel in, in Birmingham, Alabama, which yeah. if you, if you haven't, I don't know if you've been there before, Lucy Murray, this very specific place <laughs> in the deep south. Just heard of their civil rights issues. That's all. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like the town that height built. If I yeah. can give you an image there. And um, I was, traveling through it with someone of the islamic persuasion mm-hmm. uh, and they love them down there they you know oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. big fans of of the muslims um in this very specific specific chapter of the united states and we'd had a really bad night's sleep that had been constantly interrupted really kind of odd place when we booked in uh, there was a woman who had what looked like a slash of of blood like across her blouse always blood always blood it just follows me around everywhere it's like it's like i'm just staying in the shining everywhere i go uh she was wearing what actually disturbed me more is that she was wearing what looked like do you remember bo selector you know the glasses the guy used to wear in bo selector over the masks no i can't remember but anyway those glasses well google that but yeah all right it was like pedophile got you know like those oh yeah yeah yeah. okay she was wearing them very severe haircut. She was about seven foot as well, I'll be honest. Um, are you Googling it now? I am Googling it now, yeah. Okay, I'll pause for this. Oh, there we go, I know. You know the ones yeah. I'm talking about now? Yeah. Um, uh, pedophile glasses would have got me there first. Okay, perfect. Um, you, should we redo that bit with pedophile glasses then? No, better? it's fine. Okay. Um, she was about the size of a wardrobe, like a standard wardrobe yeah. woman. And um, probably like the same kind of built of one as well. She wasn't, she was stocky. You know, she looked like she mm-hmm. could pick up a tree and, and, and not think twice. Anyway, she told us that Elvis Presley had been born in the hotel. Now, right. being an Elvis fan, I knew that he'd been, he was born in Tupelo, Mississippi, not Birmingham, Alabama. I did not argue with her though. Okay. No. Because she told me that Elvis still visited the hotel. So at that point, I thought, I'm just going to let you have this. You want this more than I do. You have that info. So anyway, we'd had a quite disturbed night's sleep generally. My friend and I were so scared that we'd kind of replicated the barricades from Les Miserables against right. our, our door, like getting all of the furniture and everything like that. We were disturbed several times by um, 
like there was like a janitor at one point at one point an entire fleet of children said that we had their mum in our room so we kind of like <laughs> negotiate um negotiate out of that so we came downstairs uh just as we were looking to check out and um i used to be a big fan of that documentary series ross kemp on gangs yeah and i just before i got to the states i'd watched a series of them and one of them was a i think a las vegas based gang where when they killed people they um did tally marks on their hands it was like right. uh, up and down their arms it was like a way that they symbolized how many people they'd killed so anyway the man standing in front of me waiting to check out looked a little bit like a zebra when it came to these tattoos oh. lucy murray so i've caught these and i'm instantly terrified and he steps forward to Mariella, who was the uh, manager. God knows how many shifts she was doing. She was there when we booked, uh, when we checked in. She was there when yeah. we checked out, like, the next morning. Didn't look like she'd slept a wink. And this guy just begins to fly into this absolute rage towards her. And he's like, all I'm telling you is a serious crime happened in my room last night. And I want to know what you're going to do about it. And so this woman is like, well, I'm not going to do anything about it. And he was like, but it's on you. It's totally your fault. Uh, and she was like, well, I'm sorry that you feel this way, sir. So he's like, do you know what? I'm going to call the police. I'm going to call the mayor. I'm going to call the media. And uh, like my friend and I are standing behind looking wide-eyed like, what is going on here? And so he pulls out his phone. It was like an old flip phone. And he starts dialing. And he's like shouting into this phone. He walks off. So anyway, we step up and we're like, we're here to check out. <laughs> we're absolutely <laughs> splendid evening, but we like to check out now, please. Uh, and so we're like, oh, can you call us a cab? Because it's like the middle of nowhere, this place. It's like a, um, like a kind of motel. So, you know, the only way we're going to get back to the uh, bus station where we were going to next, just get a cab. So anyway, so we say to her, oh, can you, can you call us a cab? She's like, where are you going? We're like, oh, uh, the Greyhound station. She was like, don't worry about a cab. I need to get the hell out of here. And she vaulted over the, the desk. Now, bear in mind, this woman was probably about six foot seven, right? Yeah. And she probably weighed in muscle about 20 odd stone. <laughs> Vaults this desk, nearly took my head off, right? And right. then she picks up my like 20 kilo backpack and my friends, puts them on each shoulder and begins to briskly jog out of the, the hotel. My friend calmly looks at me and says, we've just been mugged. And I, was like, <laughs> I don't think we've been mugged, but this woman is very slowly getting away. Like we're watching her bob down the hotel. So anyway, we kind of like slightly jog after her, like what has gone on? This is absolutely crazy. So we're like jogging out of this hotel after this woman, we walk outside and she, she's nowhere to be seen. Marielle is nowhere to be seen. So my friend turns around to me again and he says, we've just been mugged. I was like, I don't, there's, there's nothing of value in those backpacks. It's like pants. Like, like, she, like she can have them, but she's that desperate for him. Anyway, we hear this like screech out of like a Starsky and Hutch episode. And this car guns up to us. And she shouts from the driver's seat, get in, get in. And I was thinking, there's literally no way I'm getting into this, this uh, car no. with a stranger. But then my friend jumps in, in the passenger seat, <laughs> closes the door, and then just looks at me out of the window, realizing what he's done. So I've now got to voluntarily get in the back of this car with someone who's fleeing the scene of somewhere a murderer wants to bring the police to, right? Yeah. So I get into the back of this car, just like cursing my friend's name. Like, I just can't believe that we're in this situation. So we get in this car and we speed off. And it's just this awful silence. 
whilst uh, we're like going towards uh, the kind of freeway. And I'm just thinking, I just don't know what to do here. Anyway, here this kind of like weird, like flicking noise. And I look and I see her hand is going towards the glove compartment. So we're locked in, by the way, like the, there's like this kind of funk of the, of the locks. And all I can see is her hand traveling towards this glove compartment. My friend turned around and looked at me as if I just burst into tears <laughs> after reading one day in front of him. Like his eyes are just like looking at me like, where are we? And the whole time in my mind is like, this is a hostage situation. She's going to pull a gun out now. Like something awful's happened at the hotel. She's going to pull a yeah. gun out. My friend and I are now, we're now bargaining chips. All right. Yeah. So anyway, her hand's going towards it. And I was wearing this kind of, it's not a bum bag per se, but it was like a bit like a, ma- a small man bag, but it had like my right. passport in it and like a couple of quid and stuff like this. So I'm looking around thinking, what can we do? What can we do? We're going like 70 miles an hour down this freeway. I'm looking around thinking, how, how am I going to get out of this situation? Friends like, completely useless sat in the front so i'm looking around thinking what can i do and all i've got on me is this this man bag thing right yeah so for a moment i was thinking right okay what i can do is i can <laughs> take this off i can lasso her with it right and then whilst i'm pulling on it my friend can take the wheel and we'll we'll get out of the car this way so i yeah. take the the man bag off and i'm slightly crouched behind her in the driving seat right and then this awful out-of-body experience happened where I have this epiphany of like, I'm three weeks into what should have been the greatest trip of my entire life. And now I'm going to have to garrot a 45-year-old woman like on an American freeway. Anyway, so just as I'm about to throw, I'm like, right, come on, come on, like trying to steal myself, trying to steal myself. And just as I'm about to throw the cord, the glove compartment opens and a Danish pastry fell out of it. And I nearly had a heart attack. So I was like, I nearly murdered this woman over a nice little kind a of... A Danish poster, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, so my friend's looking at me like, oh, about it. Anyway, come up to uh, the red light, this uh, red light, sorry. And she like careers the car to a halt. And then this squadron of police cars come past us and they're going like in the direction of the hotel. So yeah. she puts her entire head underneath the wheel. Now, I want to reiterate to you again, just how, yeah, how big this she was. was. She put her head underneath the wheel and then the light went from red to green and my friend was like oh it's it's green it's green she stamps on the accelerator but can't get her head out from the wheel quick enough so we're now like kind of zero to 60 miles an hour flying down this alabama alabamian freeway towards the greyhound station and the greyhound station's like less than a mile away at this point so my friend's in the front just trying to like hold the wheel at the same time. She's trying to yank her head from underneath the steering wheel. And my friend's going, yeah, it's just coming up on the left now. Yeah. She's <laughs> left. left. Yeah. Just come, just coming up on the left, left, left like this. And anyway, she pulls her head, gets it free and she smashes through the fence of this Greyhound station. Like she took the fence off. And all the while I'm thinking in my Lonely Planet guide, it was like Greyhound stations are really rough and they are Mm. a magnet for people preying on tourists. So please enter and exit them in the quietest way you possibly can. (laughs) We (laughs) the entrance in this like this Cadillac vehicle with like a rusty fence scraping it. And yeah. And then my friend tried to pay her for petrol. So wow, it was a 
Did you ever find out what had happened? Do you know what? We checked. This is genuine. We checked every day for the next, the, like the, we were there for nine weeks and we checked on the internet every day for six weeks. Never, ever found out exactly what happened. We were checking like America's most wanted list and everything. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. So the takeaway from today's podcast is get yourself backpacking as soon as the coronavirus lifts because there's so much to do and see. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there we are then. I think the comprehensive guide, Lucy Murray. Yeah, a lonely planet guide, some may say. Mm. Um, excellent stuff. You can, of course, find us not necessarily tweeting or Instagramming or anything. You can find an account. You just might not you anyone, find, find anyone yeah, manning exactly. it. <laughs> class holds pod, and if you have any ideas, then it's classpodholes at gmail.com. Thank you to the people that are continuing to rate us, though. That doesn't go unnoticed. Yeah, um, And that's you. so lovely of you. Also, thank you for the people who are actually continuing to listen to us. <laughs> yeah, it's great fun. <laughs> uh, and we will be back with another podcast this time next week. Excellent. See All you right. then. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.